always ask me the question is what advice do you have to musicians and actors and i was like well if you don't love it and you're looking for other people to give you opportunities don't do it right don't fucking do it don't do it to yourself because if you if there's really there's nothing else if there's something else you can do you should probably go do it and i don't mean to be negative i think this is inspiring we're saying if you really love this thing you should fucking do it i agree one thousand percent i agree don't half-ass it don't half-ass it because if you have half dude there's so many people out there that's why when i went to that casting workshop it's like it's kind of like i mean i know his his off his off uh off the court behavior is suspect but i mean kobe Bryant's one of the biggest inspirations oh, honestly one thousand percent think about him constantly yeah. when i'm doing stuff with music and acting is i'm just like fuck man did kobe walk in would kobe walk into a casting workshop and let someone else no fucking do something better than yeah him. no way. i was like no man no so way. that's why i'm still here is i feel like i've had every reason to quit yeah <laughs> i've had i've had abusive managers i've had the worst onset experiences that i will never even talk about and like just because they were so disruptive take off with scotty take off with scotty is a podcast about inspiration. Tune in to hear creators around the world share their story. Each episode will highlight the triumphs and tribulations that have helped put each creator in the position they are in today. Are you ready to launch your journey to greatness? Take off with Scotty. Scotty. Liftoff will start in T-minus 10 seconds. Three... Two, one. We have ignition. Take off. Take off with Scotty, the number one creative podcast in the world. I have a special guest in the building today. Ian Michael Nelson, or is it Ian Nelson? What, what, what should we I call you? <laughs> I don't know. My, my mom probably likes the full name in okay. there. Okay. So no, Ian Nelson. Ian Nelson, and how's your day going? Day's good, man. Yeah, get in there. Day's good. Um, so, yeah, so we met uh, at a concert, not even knowing. <laughs> and, then, and then we had drinks afterwards, and we gave each other a little head nod. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we got the head nod Yeah. each other, and, uh, and then we, we started talking over Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So Carly, uh, if you've seen her episode or watched her episode yet, she said that we should get you on the podcast, so we had to reach out. So... Um, yeah, so let's get into it. So sure. I know that, you know, you're an actor and you acted in a lot of things. Uh, I think 19 is the number, or is it? Uh, that, might yeah. be, that might be right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I but, but I kind of want to get into, like, kind of what, what got it all started. So I saw that you wanted to be in a musical, and you were trying to impress some girls. So, Where is that written? Uh, I, 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 that's what I read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly accurate. Okay. Um, there was a so I'd auditioned for the school play because I had a crush on the girl in the grade above me. Okay. Um, and I didn't get a part. It was auditioning for like Mummy Number Three. I'm not even kidding. It was like Mummy Number Three. Right. And one of my best friends got the part. Anyway, so it's like a <laughs> as a thing of vengeance, I yeah. I wanted to get the like a role in the school musical. Okay. When, when the springtime rolled around and um and then I ended up playing uh, the lead in that musical and that was a show called Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat. Okay. Uh. And after that, I was just like, oh, this is a lot of fun. Right. And is that what got it all started? Do you think yeah. looking back? Yeah, that's it. I mean, after that, I was just like, my only desire was how do I get on stage more? Yeah. Um, how do I do this more? And how old were you at the time? I was like 11. Oh, so 12, very young. 
Yeah. And, and uh, so I asked my mom to find me a theater camp to go to, and I was, because uh, I was just like, I have to do more of this. I, mean, right. I, don't, I don't know where I can do more. So I was doing community plays, you know, community theater stuff. I, I started going to theater camp at this place called French Woods okay. in New York. Um, then that led me to another uh, theater camp called uh, Stage Door Manor. Right. Um, that's kind of had a crazy list of alumni. I mean, like Robert Downey Jr., oh, Natalie wow. Portman, uh, John Cryer went there, a million, million different people. Um, and uh, so I went there for a couple of years and learned what an agent was. And I was like, Mom, I need an agent. <laughs> and How old were you at this time? I was like, yeah, 11, 12. <laughs> it all, you know, funny, yeah. man, is like, this seems to be a theme in my life, but it all happened pretty quick. Okay. Uh, not the beginning of it, not, not, not any like quote unquote arrival. I mean, I mean like the beginning where it's almost just like I found something I really loved and I kind of just went, you know, hundred miles per hour in that direction. Yeah. And besides like, you know, your childhood, besides falling in love with this, what were some of your other hobbies? Just like as a 10, 11 year old. Oh, it was basketball. Basketball. Okay. It's basketball. Okay. Man. Dude, so you- that's funny, man. Is I, I know you're from, you're from Cleveland, right? I am. From Cleveland. So I was going through my drawers, uh, back home. And I found a, a LeBron James, like one of those original like wow. Cavs looking jerseys. Yeah. It's like this big. <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, huge, huge LeBron guy, huge Cleveland sports fan. But wow. yeah, and I seen a video of you the other day, and I, I commented, I was like, whoa, you got a nice jump shot. <laughs> well, it's funny. So we, we played this show at the Mint, and the yeah. Mint has a basketball hoop in the back, which we didn't right. know about. So we finished our sound check. And we just start fucking around back. Yeah. Um, am I, can I curse? Yeah. Oh, oh for okay. sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so we started. <laughs> we started shooting hoops out back, and we were just being silly, man. I was wearing like this ridiculous outfit. I was, yeah. You were I, in like a like a peacoat. I was like in this. <laughs> I was in this like futuristic looking peacoat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, that's essentially how it started, dude. Is I, I just started doing plays and um, realized I really loved uh, really loved being on stage and just kept on doing more of it. And just the desire to keep doing more led me to acting class, led right. me to dance class, led me to taking voice lessons. Okay. I did an opera. That was oh. like one of my first professional jobs. Wow. So all so, sorts of weird shit. So the question is, did you land your crush? Yes. <laughs> okay, there you of go. Of course, man. There you go. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it all it all worked out. I mean when you're when you're in fifth grade, you know, the relationships can only last so long. Right. <laughs> but she was honestly, man, she it was it was great. And she was in the musical and we were together like every day at rehearsals. Right. And, um and it was a it was a great experience looking back, man. It was very special. Yeah. And I think it's hard because I know people my age that still haven't found their love. So uh, for you to do it at such an early age to find your passion and you can go all in on something. Cause I feel like people go all in when they really start to love something. Yeah. And for you to get that at an early age, I think is a wonderful thing. Thank you, man. Yeah, it, re- yeah. it really was. It was, it was, uh, it, it, it's kind of crazy when you look back at things, but how would you get from, from like, Oh, I just did my first play. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy how, uh, shapeable the mind is. Right. It's like you do this thing, you're like, I should keep doing more of this stuff. And then before yeah. you know it, you're doing a movie. Yeah. And then before you know you're doing the movie, that becomes normal. Wow. And it's like, then you start, you know, then I like stopped going to school. I started doing homeschool. Okay. Part, you know, partly because my school was just like, if he keeps missing more <laughs> class like this, yeah. he's like, we, we can't do anything with this kid. He's right. never here. So I had to do homeschool. And then funny enough, man, you know, homeschool prepped me for the real world. Oh, Because okay. I went to this school called Laurel Springs. Okay. It was, uh, I think they have a pretty cool program there, but it's like, it's it's essentially just a thing that I'd heard other actors do, and 
um, but it's like Facebook kind of where you log on and then you just scroll through your feed and you see what you have to do. So it's kind of like building your own, it's like building your own curriculum, it's, it's building your own schedule, it's time management. And I, I learned how to do that uh, when I was like 16 or 17. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, why were your parents okay with all of this? Like, no, they, I have no okay, fucking clue. Okay. I, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> because it's a good thing to have that support, but it seemed like you didn't have to fight for it. It seemed like they kind of just supported wherever. Here's, here's what it was. So, my parents had a rule, and they said that if you give 110% to anything, we will match that. Okay, that's If you give beautiful. 110%, we will do whatever you want, essentially, within reason, obviously. Yeah. So before I started acting, I'd already proven that I was like, I could take things fairly far right? because I was a competitive golfer for oh, that. Oh, wow. So I played on like mini tours around yeah. North Carolina and uh, and I was doing it at like as high of a level as, as you know, 10-year-olds can, can golf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And so, but like then, you know, then acting rolled around and it was just something that I guess my parents, it made my my. My dad, one of the first dates he took my mom on was for, like, a Broadway show. Ah. Um, Because they're both from, like, the Northeast, like, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. New York area. And uh, so musical theater and and opera and dance had always been a massive part of my life. Okay. Uh, Just by going to shows, it was, like, exposure. Right. My parents used to say that, I was like, Mom, why why didn't she mind when I would fall asleep during Les Mis on Broadway? And she's like, because just the sheer act of having you there... I thought would make an impression on you. Wow, it did. <laughs> it did. I remember falling asleep to Les Mis, just being like, "What? What, the, what are these outfits? Yeah. Why are they? Why, why are they singing?" That's insane. Like you know, <laughs> but she just wanted you in the atmosphere. Yeah, in I the was, environment. Yeah, it's probably like seven or eight. Yeah, and you're from North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay, Winston Salem. Okay, do you go back often? Or are you? I mean, not as often as okay. I, as I'd like. Past past year and a half has not made it ideal, but but that's home. That's like home. you, that you consider that home. That's that, home. Man. Okay, yeah. I you know I live in L.A. and I. I trying to build a home here, but home is, home yeah. is North Carolina. For okay, sure. that's beautiful. All right, so let's get into this. Let's so into when was your role where you were just like, okay, it's getting pretty serious, you know? If, like, so you, you did the school play. School and play, And yeah. then you had an agent, yep. and there was probably a lot of different things happened in between that. But yeah. when were you just like, okay, this is, this is cool. Like, I'm in it now. I mean, funny enough, back then I thought it was when I did Hunger Games. Okay. I thought that that was the, that was the moment where I was in it. But it was that was like a kind of a, and it, that was my first really good experience with the reality of being an actor. Okay. Because, but I feel like the role that that I felt like I had done something at a nice level was was Teen Wolf. So when I was on Teen Wolf, because it was a lot of people don't know this actually, but my episode was supposed to be a backdoor pilot. <laughs> so it was a huge deal getting that role. Wow. Because the contract wasn't just about the episode; the contract was for this whole other series. Okay. And. Then there was this whole management change at MTV. It happens all the time. Right. The show fell apart probably like a year and a half after that. Right. And uh, that was when I was like, oh, man, I'm playing a lead on a show, and, like, this is real now. Yeah. Um, but that, that was a great experience. Yeah. Can you talk a little more about the Hunger Games experience? Yeah. I, I So we North Carolina used to have a crazy good film industry, okay. right? used to be huge. Um, and, like, they were always shooting TV shows in Wilmington, North Carolina. They were shooting in like Charlotte, Raleigh. They shot a million different films there. Like, I mean, all I mean, I'm I'm just sort of scratching the surface. Right. Like Last of the Mohicans, Iron Man three, like all like the Dawson Creek stuff, and all those like what was it the WB shows and yeah, they were all shot in Wilmington, a lot of them. And um, so that used to be where the film hub was. And I remember getting I went to a casting director workshop 
It's a pretty cool story, actually. Went to a casting director workshop because I remember this. Is, let me start here. Yeah. English class. Okay. Ninth grade. High freshman school. year. Freshman year of high school. I look over and there's this kid sitting next to me reading a book called The Hungry Game. <laughs> I say, and I say, what's that about? Yeah. And he says, it's about a bunch of these kids who like, you know, have to like battle it out. Right. To, to like not, you know, whatever. And I was like, huh, I wonder if there's a role for that in me. Like for me, I was like, I wonder if I could do that. And then I started looking around, like trying to like just reading about it. And I found out that the casting director in the Southeast, Jackie Birch, was doing a casting workshop. And this is before casting even started. And so I was just like, I was like, Mom, I need to go to this casting workshop. Right. I need to like, if I can do a couple really good scenes in front of Jackie, like maybe I'll get to read for this movie. Yeah. And I remember going to the workshop and just like, sometimes, you know, those wor- those casting director workshops, I haven't been to one in like maybe like 10 years. But they were they were either cutthroat or totally silly. And some actors didn't want to be there and some yeah. actors okay. wanted to be there too bad. I was out for blood that day. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going to go, because you didn't know any of the scenes prior. I'm right. going to go, I'm going to get that script. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to learn that thing. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to kick ass. Right. And then after that workshop that day, Jackie went up to my mom. My mom's not a stage mom. Yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. preface that. Okay. She's really not. She's, yeah. just, she's just really devoted to, right. to, like, I found, you know, she, I was just like, Mom, I need this. Mom, I need that. Yeah. And she was just supportive she was just supportive but she jackie birch who's like a legendary caster yeah. like the first die hard all that stuff crazy she went up to my mom afterwards and she's like you need to go buy ian this book the hunger games yeah i was like because i'm casting this movie and i think Ian would be right for it wow. yeah so like probably two and a half three weeks later i'm in school and i get the audition for the hunger games let's go. I, I say let's go i'm like mom let's, <laughs> let's fucking go let's, let's fucking go. go let's go We're, let's so go. i remember i remember we we drove to wilmington yeah me and my mom, it's a four-hour drive from right. my hometown. We drove to Wilmington, and I remember I remember going into Jackie's uh, office. I think we did one take. It was a two-line scene. It was just, a, you know, it's a small part yeah. that I played. Mm-hmm. But it was like I did, like, two things, and, I, and then we left and drove home, and I remember we were listening to, like, we always listen to musicals in the car. Okay. And uh, that particular day, we were listening to Next to Normal, which is one of my favorite musicals. And uh, I didn't think I got it. Like, literally, I think three, three months passed. And then... Um, I got a call saying that I got I got the film, which was pretty pretty crazy, man. Because yeah. I'd only done one movie before that. Yeah, it was a really, I know it's a long time ago, but that's a that's it, a it was a big story. win, man. Yeah, it was yeah. a big win, and uh, but that's kind of the story of how I got it, and uh, it was just I feel like it's the same stuff I do today. Right. You know, it's it's a mixture of networking, seizing opportunities when they present themselves, and and just going balls to the wall until you yeah. get what you want. You know. But where does that confidence come from? Like, as a kid, how old were you? I was, I don't know, 12? 12. You walked into the room, and in your mind, nobody else was getting that role but you. Like, There was no one there at the the audition. When I walked into that workshop, there were probably 20 other people there. Yeah. Yeah. So where does that confidence come from? Did did your parents instill it in you, or you just... I don't know where it came from, man. (laughs) I don't know. I mean... I my I had t- I have two older brothers and an older sister and they're all I mean my two brothers were like pretty pretty great athletes actually right. um like track field basketball soccer I think maybe like maybe the confidence I treat a lot of art like like a sport okay and even just the how I mentally prepare for stuff and so the um, preparation yeah it's preparation it's like uh, that's always been my thing man is like I've always prided myself on being like a really hard worker yeah. And uh, I think I learned that from my dad because my dad grew up in a, a pretty poor family and 
he put himself through college and medical school and wow. business school and so he's and, he, and my mother raised me and my three siblings pretty much by herself because my dad was always working was always working or in school so i think that like you know the the work ethic is something that yeah man i mean you just got to work hard and make sure you're ready for the moment but the confidence it's i don't know if it's it reads like confidence but i think it's just not letting insecurity stop you you know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. That's good. I mean, it's that's like good. that's the only difference. I feel like yeah. they're they're everyone feels doubt. Some people don't let it stop them. Like I'm always nervous. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I'm always nervous before I do anything. Right. Um, but it's also just like I'm not gonna let that stop me from doing it. Yeah. So then you got the call three months later. Yeah. Got it. Got the call. Um, so what led to Teen Wolf then from there? Teen Wolf. So Teen Wolf was just. I mean, it was, I was out in L.A. for something. I forget what it was. And I read for a casting director, a wonderful casting director named Wendy O'Brien. And uh, I remember going back after being in L.A. for that. It was just the first audition. I went back, and while I was supposed to be in homeschool, I was just binging Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah. So I was up in my bedroom, yeah. and I was just watching Teen Wolf the whole time. Yeah. And uh, that's why junior year took a long time okay. in high school, because I was binge-watching. Binge that's funny. <laughs> but then I found out I got a call back. Yeah. And, uh, actually, no, I found out I was going to test for it. So it was okay. a test. So I was going to go out to California for the first time for pilot season. Just right. go out for like a little bit of time. Went out there. Um, I had the test and stepped in. Yeah. So the test was kind of, it was the first time I'd done like any of those tests where you're reading for a bunch of people in like bleachers. And yeah. A bunch of guys in like suits are just like watching you and. I remember I got this like cool jacket for the audition. I really wanted this kind of vibe because I wanted, oh, to, I wanted yeah. to look like Tyler Hecklin. Yeah. Because I was auditioning yeah. for the younger version of him. Right. So I found this cool jacket. My mom and I went to Beverly Center. We picked it up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it happened. Yeah. So you played like you know Derek's younger brother. In well, no, uh, little Tyler Hecklin. Yeah, so yeah. Like, younger version of Tyler Hecklin. Okay. Character. And and um. Your scenes were more like flashbacks? Flashbacks. Okay. For the first episode. And then I did a couple more episodes where it was more just like present with everyone else. But you had a, a like a lot of dialogue in those episodes. Yeah. Yeah. From from the Hunger Games, you know? Absolutely. Man. Yeah. I mean, the Hunger Games for me, the, the big thing was that it just it just took me from like a local actor in North right. Carolina, got me a really great agent. Yeah. Um, and allowed me to start auditioning for bigger parts. Right. That was really the biggest gift it gave me. Yeah. The, the funny thing about these two stories is the Hunger Games book. Mm. You asking the kid about the Hunger Games oh, book, yeah. and then you landed in it, and then you binge watch in Teen Wolf, and then you eventually... It, it's just, don't you see a... Well, the, the Teen Wolf thing was after I auditioned for yeah, it. So yeah. I auditioned for it and then started mm-hmm. watching the show all the time. But yeah, man. But it seemed like you kind of manifested yourself in both of those worlds. Very possibly, yeah. Man, very possibly. I You know... Yeah, man, it's weird. I sometimes life seems so random, and then other times it just doesn't. You don't know how it could have gone any different. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's yeah. you know, I just I just try to I just try to do my job and, and give and, and give everything that I do the best chance to succeed. But like looking back, it's yeah, the Hunger Games definitely a game changer for me, and Teen Wolf was definitely a game changer. Um, so. so looking like inside of things, like for actors, aspiring actors out there. Why are directors so important throughout like the whole process? I mean, they're like on they're on set editors. Yeah, okay. you know, you 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 bring what you bring to it, and a director, you know, your job as an actor. I remember I worked with this great actor named Vincent D'Onofrio, who's like, uh, yeah, 
just iconic and and just and just so good. He's so I got a good story about Vince, <laughs> but he uh, he he has a quote online where he's just like the my job as an actor is to go 110 percent every take, and I I won't stop till it's over. I'm not going to stop. A director's job is to craft that. Right. The actor's job is really it's not to be thinking about what you're doing when you're doing it. It's just to be doing it. So I mean, directors, man, a bad director can, it I can, mean, it can it can break things, man. Wow. And it's like same thing with a music producer. It's the same yeah. thing. Music producers are directing the performance. When you're in a in a recording booth, they're directing your vocal performance. Right. So they're just like, hey, try that instead of this. Try that instead of that. And they're seeing the big picture. While well, the actor's job is not really to see the big picture. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You know, you're not supposed to. I remember, I have a great acting coach named Howard Fine, and he. He said the actor's job is not to have a bird's eye view of the situation because humans don't. Right. Like all you and I can focus on right now is between us and like this conversation. Exactly. I can't see what's happening later today. Right. I can imagine it, but it's probably not accurate. So it's like, you know, I think that that's, that's the importance of a good director is that they craft whatever you're doing. And they also know how to talk to you too because, yeah. you know, I was actually talking to my mom yesterday. We were, I was reminiscing about this one really bad director I worked with. And he just created a really hostile environment on set where I didn't trust him and I didn't like him. And it was one of those things. I was so young. I didn't know what to do. Okay. I didn't know how to navigate it because I was like, I feel like emotionally a mess right now. Really good directors know how to manipulate you without letting you know they're manipulating you. Like I worked with this great director named Andrea Polero, who's this amazing Italian director. And he just finished doing a new movie uh, with uh, Patricia Clarkson, Trace Lissette. Um, and, uh, but I remember he would make, he did this mind game with me, and I was like 17 at the time, yeah. but he would make everything feel like it was my idea. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden that created some ownership. So it was the manipulation, but it was also a creative manipulation that wasn't damaging to the, to the sense of self. Exactly. And that creates a really exciting situation on set because all you want to do is, is work with the person. You want to ask them questions. You want them to say, great job. And I think that when you work with a director who creates an uncomfortable situation on set, you, um, you know, it just doesn't make it, it doesn't make it fun. And it also doesn't feel like he's on your team. And it kind of feels like sometimes you got to do some really intense shit in scenes, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, sometimes it just feels, it just feels like it's a, it's, it's actually a very emotionally uh, disturbing experience to have working with a director who's just trying to manipulate you. Wow. For whatever reason, like it doesn't help the scene, yeah. but it's like, yeah, I think that that's what I would say. So that relationship is important. <laughs> so important, man. <laughs> yeah, I've I've worked with great directors yeah. before. I've worked with some of the honestly, I worked with some of the best directors. And when you, I, I mean, one of my favorite was David Gordon Green, okay. who like did like Pineapple Express. He does all like the new Halloween movies. Um, what, just one of the most iconic directors of all time. He does right. uh, Eastbound and Down, oh, okay. Vice Principals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was. The funniest director I've ever worked with. He was <laughs> he kept the take so alive. Yeah. He was constantly talking to the actors. He was he, because he knew that the job that his job was to create the performance. Right. And some people craft the performance in between takes, but he would craft during. And uh I remember he threw out lines for me just as we were acting it yeah. and I just had to say them. And a lot of that ended up in the show we were working on. Wow. So a <laughs> but, good director could bring the most out of you. They can bring the most out of you or they can they can kind of <laughs> stifle you a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But still, when the director stifles you a little bit, it doesn't matter. It's your job to do your best work. Right. And so you have to you have to really navigate that. And it, it takes experience to know how to do that. Yeah. 
and and looking back, this podcast is you know about like inspiration and motivate motivational podcast. So you know you were 12, 12, 12 to fifteen. Uh, you you still act. Um, but what is one piece of advice you would give like your younger self? I know it's hard because like you were your younger self when all this was happening. <laughs> Not really my older self. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I'm only twenty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but <laughs> my, uh, in my my old age. But um. <laughs> yeah, just like looking back on things, like what what kind of got you through all those moments, and what was that one thing that you kind of always uh, look back on, and be like, oh, that was that was it, that was the reason why a lot of this, you know, worked out. I grew up in North Carolina. I had a really good family. Yeah, and that's really bad. acting is a mind fuck. Like when people ask me for advice on how to be an actor and a musician, I have to navigate it really delicately. It's like the reality is fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so the only thing I say to people is, do you really love this thing? Right. Like I was just doing an interview the other day for, for Eloise, my new song. Okay. And I, someone asked me, they're like, what, they always ask me the question is, what advice do you have to musicians and actors? And I was like, well, if you don't love it and you're looking for other people to give you opportunities, don't do it. Right. Don't fucking do it. Don't do it to yourself. Because if you, if there's really, there's nothing else, if there's something else you can do, you should probably go do it. And I don't mean to be negative. I think this is inspiring. We're saying, if you really love this thing, you should fucking do it. I agree. 1,000%. I agree. Don't half-ass it. Don't half-ass it. Because if you have half... Dude, there's so many people out there. That's why when I went to that casting workshop, it's like it's kind of like... I mean, I know his his off his off uh, off the court behavior is suspect, but I mean, Kobe Bryant's one of the biggest inspirations, oh, honestly. Oh, 1,000%. Think about him constantly. Yeah. When I'm doing stuff with music and acting, is I'm just like fuck, man. Did Kobe walk in? Would Kobe walk into a casting yeah. workshop and let someone else no fucking do something better than yeah. him? No way. I was like, no, man. No so way. that's why I'm still here. Is I feel like I've had every reason to quit. Yeah. <laughs> I've had I've had abusive managers. I've had the worst onset experiences that I will never even talk about. And like just because they were so disruptive, but I had a great family. And every time I had breakdowns, because I had a lot of them, man. I feel like sometimes the vibe, like the vibe of your show, sometimes it feels like it feels like vulnerable. So I was like, oh, maybe I should prepare to be a little vulnerable today. <laughs> yeah. But you know what it is, man? It's like, here's the reality. Yeah. I'm 26. I've been yeah. doing this for 12 years. Yeah. Acting's really hard. Yeah. And if you don't love it, right? don't do it. Don't do it. Because yeah. it's, it's like, it's a difficult lifestyle, but also there's nothing better. The feeling, like, when I finished, when I started doing music, this is when everything changed for me. Because I was, I was, I was close, I was done, man. I was mentally done with acting. Since then, I've done some different projects. But, like, I mean, when I started doing music, I was, I was, man, I was so frustrated with acting. Yeah. I was so frustrated with it. And I did music, so I didn't have to quit acting. Okay. Because I needed something to do. Like, I needed something to give myself back some power. Yeah. I was feeling so low. I was feeling so broken down. I was like, I love acting. And if you know what it is, man, too? This is another thing that I think is an important experience for people when they start being an artist. You have to earn the right to say, I won't quit. You have to earn that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to earn that moment by all the times when you could have done it. All the times you could have quit. Right. I earned that reality for myself about two years ago. Okay. Where I was like, am I going to quit this thing? It's like, no. Yeah. 
No. And funny, weird thing, man, is I had to actually, I was shocked by the, the desire to quit. I'd never experienced that before. I yeah. was like, I wanted to yeah. quit. And it was just like, I earned that for myself and through music, through producing. And I learned how to produce. Like, I've had this crazy past two, three years. Yeah. I guess we can get into it or whatever, but I had to earn my own power just by, and like, it's, and acting, man, has gotten so much easier. Yeah. Since then. Wow. Because it's kind of just like, I have so much else that I'm working on. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh man, I got to go, I got to go like do a meeting or I got to go do an audition. It's like, all right, cool. I'll do that. I'll do the music thing before that. I'll do it afterwards. And it's like, it's giving me this whole, um, it's, it's giving me my power back, man. It's like, and it it makes me love acting too. Cause it, cause I don't look to acting for what it can't give me. Right. You know? Yeah. No, that's amazing. I just... You know, I'm an entrepreneur myself, and yeah. I think people sometimes would look at you and be like, oh, he's an overnight success. He doesn't have struggles <laughs> like this and that. And I don't think these people realize, like, you're just a, a human being like they are. Human like, being, you man. have your struggles, and yeah. but you just did not give up. I never gave up. And I know it's cliche, but it's as simple as that. You just kept going. That's it. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, how are you in a position you're in today? Or how, like, all these people that you talk to, like, how are they in the positions? And it's a common theme. You just don't Everyone give up. said they just don't give up. You just don't give up. Yeah. Because, the like, society is a pretty intense place. Right. And, and they'll give you every reason to quit. Yeah. It's just hard. And the reality is, is that if you just don't, you're going to be fine. Right. And that's really the reality is like, that's my advice to artists is if you really love this, then do it. And if you really love this, don't quit. That's the reality. And don't quit because your manager doesn't want to work with you anymore. Don't quit because you didn't get a part. That's such a myopic way of looking at your passion. If your passion's that big, if you really love this thing, you don't get a part. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna quit because you don't get a stupid yeah. part in some dumb tv show right that's gonna make you quit yeah it goes back to that uh mamba mentality you know just that no means next opportunity you know prepare more work harder you know i was thinking of the other day too i was looking at i was thinking about athletes who had big injuries i was like why why can some athletes have the same injury and some bounce back 100 percent? well what appears to be 100 percent right. from my perspective mm-hmm. and i was like I was like, man, when you get injured as an actor, that's kind of like, or as an athlete, it's like, that's, that must be mentally destroying because you can't do what you love for sometimes a year and a half. And that's the mental strength because you, I mean, I can imagine if, if, if I was like, I mean, if I was an athlete and I broke my leg or something and I couldn't, I couldn't play basketball for a year and a half, you might, the worst thoughts might come in your mind. And they've been doing this since they were like five, six years. This is their identity. This <laughs> yeah. is the way they see themselves yeah. in the world. This right. is the way people identify them. It's right. like, well, if I can't play basketball, who am I? Exactly. And I think that that's something to think about where it's the mental strength and it's just the inability to quit, man. I mean, right. you look at Kevin Durant last year. Yeah. I mean, people, I mean, all the people on the talk shows were just like, oh, if he comes back 75%. Yeah. 70, yeah. 75%. <laughs> yeah. 70, he he almost you, single-handedly yeah, beat yeah. the Bucks. Yeah. Did you watch uh, the playoffs? <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Two inches. Yeah. They were saying that that's an injury that you couldn't get 100%. He'll never be the same KD. And, you know, I just think that KD is, like, like you said, he just put his head down, he worked, he rehabbed. And if you've seen the playoffs last year, he overcame all that. That's it, man. Um, but you're here for a reason, and we're we're going to now transition into that. So, uh, so yeah, you're an artist now, and you uh, you met up with Jacob. Yeah. So Jacob's your producer. Jacob's my music producer, Jacob okay. McCaslin. 
Uh, music's an interesting experience. So actually, it's a good segue because about two years ago, I had this really just bad experience with acting, and and I had, I remember I did a movie, a wonderful movie called Paper Spiders, um, and it had like you know Lily Taylor, Stefania Levy Owen, um, who's in that new Netflix show Sweet yeah. Tooth. Mm-hmm. She's awesome, and uh, I remember I did this movie, but before that, I had started writing this musical. Right. I was writing a, a one-person musical, like a one-man musical. Uh, and it was this weird experience. I didn't quite understand why I was doing it, I, but I was like, it was. I just needed to get my power back. This was the beginning, really. Right. And I just started writing this weird musical. I spent a, a little over a year on it, actually. And uh, while I was on set for Paper Spiders, I brought my guitar with me, and I just started writing songs. Okay. Um, I was curious. I remember, actually, I remember the moment I Googled pop song structure. And I was just like, and I remember listening to Taylor Swift songs, listening, and I was like, how does she structure her songs? Okay. And then I was looking at, like, how did the Beatles structure their songs? And I was literally looking at all these different artists, and I was... Because I was learning about musical theater structure, yeah. which is completely different. So you, like, went to school for a little bit, like, doing, like, your own research. I did, yeah. yeah. That's, like, 99% <laughs> of the reason I'm I'm still able to act and right. do music is I'm, I'm not hesitant to learn, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's, like, I, I remember sitting in my hotel room just, like, writing this one song. Came back to L.A. I had this great voice teacher named Dave Stroud, and Dave looked at me, and he's, like you know you can't keep singing covers for the rest of your life, right? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah. well, you got to write your own songs. Right. No one had ever told me that before. And that was actually before I did the movie. So I came back to L.A. and I had I had one song. I had this song. I brought it to Dave and he's just like, it's good, man. I made a demo with my with my buddy Britton. Mm-hmm. Just made this, like, this demo and showed it to Dave. And Dave's like, you should meet Jacob. So I went to see Jacob. I brought this song. Anyway, it's, it, there's all these. Yeah. I don't know. I never know how detailed to get with these yeah. stories. The reality is, is that a lot of shit happened in between that and 21st Century Love, my okay. debut. Um, and I fell in love with the autonomy of making music. Okay. I fell in love with the fact that I could practice my guitar for six hours a day and no one could tell me to stop. Right. Um, I love the fact that I could write a song without anyone's permission. And as I did with acting when I first started, I went balls to the wall, man. And during the pandemic, my parents were just like, do you want to come home? I'll never forget. It was like a week into lockdown. They were like, are you sure you don't want to come home? Um, so you're not alone for however long it could be. And I just I said, Mom and Dad, I'm really sorry, but I need to be in L.A. right now. I need to be alone. And I spent the majority of last year by myself wow. writing songs. Wow. So you used the silver lining of the pandemic. And you use it to somehow benefit yeah. your situation. Yeah, well, it's funny, man. It's like before that, I'd been sick, too. I had a pretty right. bad sickness the year before that. So the world had stopped for me, and I was yeah. trapped at home for about six months in the year before that. So it wasn't that shocking being alone right. for all okay. that time. Yeah, It was normal in a weird way. And I was just like, if I stay in L.A. and I write songs and I practice my guitar, my only goal... And I said, I remember I said this to my mom. I was like, mom, some people are going to come out of this pandemic worse off than they went in. Some people are going to let the world crush them. Because how can you not? Right. And I said, my only goal, I'm going to come out of this fucking thing better than when I went wow. in. I said, I'm coming out yeah. of this fucking thing better than when I went in, man. Since then, I've written, I don't know, 40 songs. <laughs> we produced six or seven yeah. of them. I've done four shows since like wow. the world opened up again. I've got, you know, Paper Spiders came out. Yeah. Like, I got a new manager. I'm working my ass off. It's like, this is what, this is my inspiration to artists. When the world is literally fucking ending. When the world is ending. (laughs) When no one's calling you. Right. 
when no one gives a shit if you're acting, if you're making music, if you're nothing, right. what are you doing? Are you working? Are you practicing? Because if you're not, like, yeah. the luxury, the reality for actors is the reality that we're taught is that people call you to give you parts. You audition for something, people give you a part. Why would you wait to act? That's why I love music videos. Yeah. Because I was just like, fuck, man, I can do this by myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah. anyway, so that's my inspiration yeah. to people, man. And that's that's what music represents for me. Right. And I think that, like, yeah, I haven't been doing music for a long time. I'm not a dilettante. Yeah. I'm a, I've, I have not, I have not expected to be given one thing. Yeah. In anything I've ever done. Right. And, like, with music, it's just like, I fucking love yeah. music, man. I love it. Yeah. It's it makes everything better. Yeah. So so let's talk about let's talk about Eloise. Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Let's get into it. Let's get into Eloise is dropping October first. October first. And you're premiering it. I'm doing a live. Uh, me and my band were headlining Viper Room yeah. September 30th midnight. Yeah. It's and be a hell of a show. I don't. I got a link of the song and the music video. Yeah, you've seen it. And it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. So. There's a little background story, and he'll get into it. But pretty much, this song, this music video, took six months. From start to finish. From start to finish. So get into that. I know you shot in Joshua Tree. I see a fire up there. <laughs> I see you, like, drowning in a pool. <laughs> like, there's a lot of different things happening. So, all right. So when I, first, when I first came to L.A. when I was 17, I met this great photographer named Colin Stark. Colin and I were not friends for many of the past nine years. And then I started painting probably about four or five years ago. Colin and I became friends because he's a great painter, and we just started hanging out all the time. When I started making music, Colin was just like, well, you need a music video for your first single. And it's like, I'll help you with that. We can just make one together. And that was the that was the 21st Century Love video where we're walking down an empty street, one take. Yeah, one comment. The yeah. one take shot. One take. Amazing. Thank you, man. I love it. Thank you, man. Was Appreciate that it. your idea, his idea? You it was his kinda, idea. Yeah. It's his idea. I love that. Because we were thinking, what's a simple concept that we can do right now and and unfortunately i mean the pandemic had just come and right we were the street was as empty as we were ever going to get it but the, the story behind that and it's like i like telling this story not a lot of people know this i spent i probably spent six months with a visual effects artist on that music video okay getting rid of whatever people were in that frame there's not one person in that frame no not at all yeah there was like nine or ten on oh, the day we shot that's insane we worked i'll never forget that <laughs> and because my idea was like man if i can make it look like no one was there i can yeah. make this look like a, a much more expensive music video right, than it was right because it looked like you closed the street down looked like we like, shut down the street down was, yeah because it was a one shot take i'm like this is like this is insane yeah it looks like the whole street shut down palm trees and just a nice focus on you the yeah. whole song yeah, there were, there were a bunch of people. There were people yeah. with their dogs. Were, you know, but so yeah. anyway, Colin and I made this, and then when we did the other one for Unfinished Conversations, and that was a much bigger scale, uh, different sets we built. You know, we like we reorganized my bedroom, did all this stuff for that one. But Eloise came around, and it was all about. It was like, how do we make a how do we make a video as cool as the song? Because I remember when I when I wrote the song. So the song was inspired by a lucid dream that I had. Okay. Where I literally dreamed about, about about my ex, right? Okay. And she had been, she's she was always in my dreams up till then. She was always in my dreams. And it was just like the most vivid conversations ever. 
And then this one night, about seven weeks into the pandemic, she came to me in a dream and she said, this isn't a dream. And I was like, you're, you're, you're lying to me. I know yeah. this is a dream. I'm fully aware that right. I'm asleep right now. And she's like, no, no, this is not a dream. And when you wake up tomorrow morning, we will be together. I promise. I'm, not, I'm shitting you. I shit you not. That is literally the conversation. Okay. Woke up the next day. She wasn't there, obviously. It was a dream. Yeah, yeah. That was Eloise. Wow. That's a song. So I wrote, the, I wrote a demo for it, sent it off to this artist named Sad Alex, who's okay. really just amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, and she, she and I collaborated on the song and then sent it off to Jacob, and Jacob added his notes, and before you know it, we get Eloise. Okay. And then uh, when you took it to Jacob, it was a demo. It was a demo, yeah. Okay, it so was how a, did it kind of go from a demo to like, hey, let's make this a full track? I mean, Jacob. Uh, Jacob, okay, so shout I, out Jacob. All I wanted was the song to be simple. I said, yeah. this is a simple song. I right. was like, I don't want this to feel like some weird thing. It's a simple, guitar-driven pop song. Right. And I didn't want any, I didn't want any like atmospheric elements to it. I literally wanted it to feel like a simple pop song with a guitar, and I wanted it to feel like a dream. Okay. That's all I wanted. I said, the song's a dream. Yes. I want it to be a dream. And that's how we got to Eloise. And Jacob's amazing. Yeah. And then you said we have to match this song with an amazing music video. The song is special. It's yeah. a special song. It's a pretty song. It's a simple song. It's hard to write simple songs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then Colin and I were just talking, and he's just like, the, the idea just evolved. And originally, he was just like, he's like, Eloise is in a shower. That was the first idea. Okay. This, is, this girl is in a shower. And then months went by and he's just like shower is just not right shower is too sexual it's like this is too easy yeah like today you notice like it's so easy to make like sexy stuff yeah it is it's so easy yeah it's like people writing love songs right it's like why is that your first instinct you know and then so we started developing this idea and before you know it we got to this rain room set okay so we constructed a 16 foot by 8 foot tall well 16 actually 16 by the walls were 8 feet it was 16 feet long by 4 feet we constructed this in Colin's backyard from scratch, out of wood, everything, yeah. and that took about a week. We constructed this rain room set. We rigged it with shower heads. That's crazy. So it didn't look like a shower. Yeah, yeah. It looked exactly. like a dream. It looked like a very abstract dream. We found this amazing model named Keely, uh, Keely Corey King, to so play you, Eloise. You didn't get your ex. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> bro. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> she was unavailable. Um, no, I. Uh, do we? We needed someone. You right. know the problem is really hard to cast. We spent about three months on casting for for Eloise because yeah. like I was just like she doesn't look like Eloise. Yeah. She needs to look like an Eloise. She needs to look like her name could be Eloise. Yeah. And I was like she needs to look like Audrey Hepburn. She needs to have an Audrey Hepburn vibe. Right. I was like, she needs to be classically gorgeous. She can't be sexy. Yeah. It's like she needs to be classically gorgeous and vulnerable, strong, everything. And then Colin was just like, well, what about Keely? I've shot her before. She's great. And then I remember I, like, I was just going through Keely's page, and she's this really talented artist. And, her, and, and while we were driving out to Joshua Tree to shoot our first day, Colin was just like, it's her soul, man. It's her soul. That's what you're casting. Yeah. You're casting her soul. Right. Dude, when I was editing the video... And I got to watch Keely. I was so happy. I was like, her, yeah. she's Eloise, man. It was like she she was so perfect. She rode this really fine line between everything I wanted her to be. And it was like her performance was so killer. There, dude, there, there are actresses who have won Oscars who can't do what she does. Wow. Like to be hit constantly in the face with water yeah. while 
ex- like seeming extremely relaxed and vulnerable and open. God, that's hard, man. That's really anyway. Yeah, I I'm I am forever a Keely fan. Um, you you know she's awesome. But uh, what else do you want to know about the music video? So you you <laughs> I could talk for yeah, dude. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm so like you a, guys a tangent guy. Like had to hike up with with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Wood. So we had this idea to shoot a bonfire at the okay. beach. That was the first idea. And, you know, it's interesting as an artist because sometimes you're always, you know, like, do I go with my first ideas or do I not? Right. Sometimes your first ideas are great. Sometimes they suck. So the first idea for the fire was a bonfire at the beach. And then and then Colin and I were talking. We were just like, man, like, it needs to be big, man. This can't look like a campfire. Campfires are lame. Yeah. I was like, campfires are, they're just, it's like, what am I going to be, strumming a guitar by the campfire? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not Eloise, man. Right. That's, that's not cool. So we have an, a buddy in L.A. named Luis Carrion, who's this really cool artist. Okay. Like, and Luis has a ranch that he was building up in, in Joshua Tree. So Colin Perfect. asked Luis if we could use his property to light a massive bonfire. <laughs> and Luis is just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, fuck yeah, man. Just like, you know. Just, Come tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Do, do whatever you want. And so we, we, we found about 1,200 pounds of wood. Yeah. We drove it out to Joshua Tree, crack of dawn. I'll never forget this, man. It was, crazy that we did this all in one day i was exhausted i just right. i had to shoot I, I had to shoot the day before that and you know like i my unfinished conversations was coming out so i was balancing a song release yeah. acting stuff prepping the music video we drive out to joshua tree we get to the ranch we're looking around this place and it's just and we go for a walk and we're just like we got to find the perfect place to build the fire and of course the perfect place to build the fire was on top of a mountain oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> we like hiked up this mountain and I don't even know how tall it was, but right. it was not, it wasn't an easy hike. Yeah. Um, and we literally lugged the wood up. We did about 14 trips. So full workout, full workout, <laughs> full workout on like three hours of sleep, yeah. full workout going up to the top. We build the fire. We place everything. I'm covered in dirt. I'm covered in dirt. I can't shoot. I'm like, I don't, like, I can't shoot. So we go to a Motel 6. <laughs> Motel 6 in, like, in, in 20, what is it, 21 Palms or whatever. Like, what is it, 29 Palms, 20, what is that, what's that city out in Joshua Tree? I don't know. It's yeah. one of the 20-something Palms. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 20, it's 21 through 29 Palms. Okay. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but we go to a Motel 6, and it's just this dingiest hotel ever, man. <laughs> like, there's some really suspect characters hanging out there. We take it. We take a quick, like, quick shower. We do hair, and makeup, and we go shoot. And dude, when we lit this fire, it was terrifying. Gibson had lent me this this rare uh, ebony J two hundred, which is just one of these like it's like a really expensive guitar. Okay. <laughs> and we light the fire, and this yeah. thing's like fourteen feet in the air. The flames are going everywhere. Yeah. I was like, I thought I was gonna light on fire. Sometimes, some, right. almost, I thought I did. Okay. While we were shooting this thing, and we got about. We shot for, I think, an hour. We had the fire, and when we finished, the fire was gone. So we just had to shoot. Yeah. We just, we yeah. just constantly kept yeah. shooting. And it was, like, very similar to what we were talking about earlier with actors and directors as Colin was directing the video. And literally, we couldn't craft anything. It was just go, 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 because yeah. we're going to lose the fire. Exactly. And once you lose the fire, you lose it. Right. So most of the music video was taken from the first two takes because it literally looked dangerous. And That's the rest crazy. of the fire was boring. Yeah, yeah, And looked yeah. like a campfire. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, so while I was up on the rock, yeah. while the flames were like 20 feet in the air, they were coming straight at my face. 
And there's this there's this part where I was there's this part where I was editing, yeah. And I could hear Colin be like, "Why the fuck did you get down? Why didn't she stay up there, man? It looks so great." And I was like, "Cause I was almost lighting on fire, <laughs> asshole." Yeah. I was like, I was you weren't up yeah, there. Right. I was like, I was like getting flames, and my eyes were like yeah. burning, and like, you know, it, dude, it it was we I we drove back that night. It was like one in the morning when we right. left, man. I felt, I felt beaten down. Yeah. And I didn't know if we got anything good. It was the worst feeling ever. Yeah. <laughs> and that was day one. Yeah. Day two was the water tank. So we, we shot a water tank uh, set up, which was much, you know, anyway, man. It's, it, I could go on and on about this music video. The point is, poured our heart and our souls into it. Yeah. The setups are really complex. It was mostly made by me and Colin, which I think makes the music video pretty remarkable. Um, the fact that it was made by two people. And, uh, you know, it's it's. I'm just really proud of how it came. And then I edited it for about 11 weeks. Yeah. So I'm just really grateful for how it came out, man. No, it's beautiful. Thanks, it's beautiful. Man. Appreciate but I it. think you're an artist. Yeah, man. You're an actor, a musician. But I don't think you could ever put out, like, average work, you no. know? Just because you have the visual components of acting already. So you, Absolutely. So you already seen, like, you know, musicals, operas, and you see things at the highest level. Yeah. So I think that you always are thinking high-level approach when you come to, like, a music video, which yeah, most bro. artists will, like, hire a Cole Bennett to do their music video. You, you get what I'm saying? That's the difference. I think you can create those uh, visuals. Yeah, there's a, there's a price to be paid for it. Mm -hmm. It's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also time-consuming. Yeah. Um, like, my, my editing schedule, because I was busy with acting and music stuff, uh, the reason it took 11 weeks, I was just busy. Right. And the only time I could edit... Um, was like I would work all day and then I'd eat dinner and I would just sort of sit there and rest for a little bit and then I'd take a shower around 11, 12 right. and I'd sit down at my desk and edit from 12 to 5. I'd sleep yeah. and I'd do it again. Yeah. And uh, that was that was how Eloise got done was just through these marathon sessions. I mean, editing was... Editing is, for anyone who's edited, I don't know if anyone listening is an editor or has to edit, editing is a mind fuck. Like... You are literally faced with, like, all of your insecurities, all the things you wished you had done, right. all the things that, you know, you hate. But it's, like, your job, you, I, my only thing that I'm proud about, Eloise, is I never gave up on it. As hard as it got, I never gave up on that edit. Yeah. And I was exhausted while doing it. And I just had one thing where I was, like, I cannot give up on Eloise. Eloise means so much to me. It's like, it's just this feeling, it's this song that I feel so grateful that I get to put my name on. Right. And, like, I just wanted to create something beautiful for Eloise. And you did. Thank you, man. You did. Thank you. you. Did. All right. All right. Eloise. Eloise. October 1st. October 1st. Viper Room. Viper Room. September 31st. 30th. 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 This Mid Thursday. This Thursday. That's right. You are... Debuting the single. We're debuting the single. My band will be playing a bunch of we'll be we'll be playing a bunch of songs people haven't heard before. We'll be playing the ones people know, and we have a we have a really special uh, we have a special cover planned. Oh. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna rock the house. Okay. Man. I think it's I think people are gonna lose their minds. And uh, this Thursday, <laughs> Viper Room. This episode will launch afterwards, so it really doesn't cool. matter. But you see the merch. Where where can they get this merch from? Yeah, the merch. Uh, just link uh link in my Instagram. Okay. We'll just link it up as a store. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, we're selling two items. We're selling the T-shirt and we're selling a hoodie. Identical logos. Right. Want to keep it simple this time. Well, I'm proud of you, man. Thanks, bro. This Appreciate is it. to Eloise. To Eloise, man. Debut single coming out. I'm proud of you. You put a lot of work into Thank it, you, and I think you're gonna get all the success that you deserve for it. Hey, bro. I appreciate that, man.
That was it's good. Yeah. It was good. It's good shit, man. 10 to 1 rum. The official drink of the podcast. Ooh. That's what's up. You took that like a champ. Right? <laughs> yeah. Bro, it's the weekend, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I want to hear what's next for you. For What's next for Ian Nelson? Well, what is next for me right now? Honestly, man, all, all I've been working on for the past, like, two months has been the Eloise release. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so other after we we handle Eloise, I'll announce more live shows. Right. Um, but honestly, man, I'm not sure what's next. Yeah, that's right exciting. Now, I got a lot of a lot of cool things in the works with acting, um, and uh, I'm just really excited, man. Right. Really, and just like, you know, I think that we're working on some really cool songs right now. Yeah. We got some we got some songs that me and Jacob are working on that are, I just cannot wait to get out into the world, yeah. man. So that's what's that's what's next, man. It's so just, so whatever, album's yeah. coming though. Album is eventually coming. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna stick with singles for but the. But you want to just do it at your own pace. I'm gonna move this at, at my own pace. <sighs> I wish it could go faster, but unfortunately, you can't rush it. You can't process. rush anything, yeah. man. And like sometimes, great ideas will come just by not rushing. Right. You know, like you'll come up with an idea, and then you you'll. The crazy thing actually is, you know, I, I think the time is a really good editor, right? Okay. Time edits out the bad ideas. Wow. Um. And, you know, if you stick with something and then you, you go, you know, you go do it immediately, it's just like, well, maybe that wasn't the best idea and maybe you have the better idea five minutes later. But, you know, it's really like with music, man, it, it takes the songs take a while, but there's some really be- there's some beautiful shit that we're yeah. that we're working on. And we'll we'll sing we'll sing most of the, the stuff no one's ever heard at Viper Room. We got some cool arrangements, man. We got a really cool arrangement. I'm for, excited. Dude, I'm we excited. got we got a I'm cool excited. arrangement for Eloise. Yeah, we. Uh, we're doing Eloise totally. We're kind of doing it different than it would appear on the track or okay. how I'll do it. You know, just acoustically, it's a completely different song. And you have than a we band. Do it live. We've got a great band, man. Yeah, can you shout out your band, your band shout- team? Yeah, man. We got Alex Gorcheski on the bass. Oh. Which camera do I look into? This one right here. That one. We got. <laughs> we got Alex Gorcheski on the bass. We got Eric the Wallace on the drums, and we got Jacob McCaslin, my music producer, on the electric guitar. Okay. Me, Ian Nelson, vocals, acoustic guitar. Yeah. No, I'm excited. That's our band, bro. Yeah. It's a great band. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm oh, excited for Thursday. And we'll be back at Viper Room October 23rd. Oh. So, so we'll be back, back there. Back. We'll do back to back. Yeah. I think they're calling it like a mini residency. Yeah. And so. uh, and in the podcast, you did say that you have six or seven songs produced. Oh, so, yeah. So next time around, will we be hearing something new? Definitely. Oh, okay. Definitely, man. I We already know what the next single is. Okay. Um, And uh, it's a song that, you know, I'm just very excited about. It's like a little more. It's a little heavier than uh, than Eloise. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. And I'm excited to excited to get it out there. It's done. It's yeah, finished. Yeah, yeah. It's just sitting there, just being like, Ian, when are you gonna fucking release right. me? <laughs> but what what is that creative process for an artist? You know, like you you said, you know, Eloise came from a dream, a lucid dream. You know, so do you take a lot of you know songs from real life experience or you know is it all different mm, yeah it's all different man yeah it's all different i mean 21st century love my debut single came from uh, a conversation i had with this girl on a dating app yeah. <laughs> uh you know who i never met uh and only talked to once or yeah. twice <laughs> but that was 21st yeah. century love that one line right unfinished conversations yeah i mean these are really the seeds for the right. songs what's interesting about songs too is you'll have a seed for a song and that'll start the process but like for eloise the seed that created eloise was nowhere close to what it became yeah 
Right. It was like, it puts, in a weird way, the inspiration, there's like kind of two places you have inspiration when you're writing a song. There's, and sometimes I always feel like artists sound really pretentious when they talk about songwriting. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try not to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there's two places you really have like concrete inspiration for songs. Typically the, the inception of the song okay. and the completion of the song. Okay. In between is up to you. Like, you know, you, you got to work your ass off from inception to completion. Like if, like I, I have a stack of papers in my apartment right now. It's probably like this thick. It's one song idea. Wow. Like sometimes and sometimes if that's like insane. it's insane, man. And that's just one. Yeah. That's just one song. But like right now I have probably have like five or six different ideas in my head. <laughs> and I'm just like always writing down ideas. And sometimes I'm like, oh, this is a cool idea. But which song is this for? And I was like, ah, I don't I don't really know right now. Just write it down. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. So like for for all of these songs, man, is you get the idea for the song, which is sometimes a chorus, sometimes the first line, sometimes just an idea, like an image in your head. Like for unfinished conversations, it was the chorus. Right. It was the I had written down unfinished conversations, same problem, different faces, all the girls I, I could have loved if I'd only been enough. And I was like, that's all I had. I didn't have chords, I just had a melody in my head, which is the melody on the track. Um, and then like for Eloise, I had the uh, really the thing the major thing that stuck from the first version of the song was the structure of the, the verse structure. Um and the melody of the verses uh put it in different keys it like yeah. changed yeah songs change a lot man and that's sort of the fun of them but yeah it's like that's the songwriting process you you're lucky enough to get some inspiration starts off the song idea your job is to finish it and then a lot of times like john mayer talks about he's one of my favorite musicians um john mayer there's this live video where he plays who says which is a great song you know who says? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. A song about him just getting high by himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, <laughs> but you know, it's 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 yeah. about more than that. But it's yeah, just yeah, funny yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh, but he says that the song finished when he came up with the line with "It's been a long time since 22," and sometimes that's the inspiration you need to finish songs because right. you almost know when you're done. With a song that's really magical, you know when it's finished. Like the last part of Eloise that was completed. The last thing before Jacob and I recorded the vocals was the second pre-chorus. Wow. Okay. Because we, we yeah. had these ideas in our head. We had these, like, I was like, it's got to be simpler. It was a really complex pre-chorus. And I was just like, I think the, the second thing is maybe one world you turned around. Right. When we got that line in there, it was like, I remember Jacob and I were on yeah. FaceTime. At, and I was, in my, I was in my bedroom and I was just thinking, I was looking at all the different lyric options we had. Because I'll write down a million different ideas for a line. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the song, I mean, I'll write down like, um, like the, with the strangest wording changes that really no one cares about, right. like a, the, and, or, you know, do I do a, but first, do I do it like a, um, but like, I'll never forget when we wrote down, maybe one world you turned around, maybe someday we'll work it out. That was this, that's the song. Yeah. Yeah. That was the second pre-chorus. And then the funny thing about, this is a great story about Eloise too. We're recording the song. And Jacob had this idea for, uh, for like, you know, a lot of artists do it where you go like, uh, you have some like vocal kind of indiscernible sound that's chanted, like a Coldplay song. Okay. Like da 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 Right? Yeah. So he had this idea for like, mmm, 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 Right? Right. And then while we were singing it, I didn't know how it really went during a take and I fucked it up. And I started going like, mm, yeah. oh, 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 I was just making fun of it. Yeah. And, and Jacob stopped me. He's like, what was that? 
I was like, what do you mean? He's like, just do that. He liked it. <laughs> so it became, oh, hello, yeah. oh, hello, oh, Eloise, oh, hello. Yeah. Which really becomes the song, because when we exactly. do it live, that, that thing is crazy. Yeah. Because we came up with, like, during a live show, we started having this idea. That's a great thing about musicians, like, in doing live shows is the songs really change. Like, all my songs are kind of produced as pop songs, but when we do a show, it's like a rock show. I love that. You know, we don't use tracks. Yeah. We, you know, it's 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 all, everyone's live. Everyone's, like, That's doing beautiful. their thing. And and it's also just, but, like, dude, that was, that was those were the magic moments of Eloise. It was the completion yeah. of the, the, pre, the second pre-chorus and then figuring out the Elos at the end. Um, yeah. that was that is magical yeah. man those those are things they, they don't come often you know yeah. what I love is you seem happy about it and you I'm seem really like happy, you man. enjoy the process absolutely and if you're not enjoying the process why do it so see, and, I, and I know the process can be tough and I know there's days where you're just like is this worth it or you know or do I want to keep going but it's that passion that kept you guys going and you guys saw the bigger picture of creating a beautiful product and i'm just so excited for the world to see it now thank you man yeah me too i think sometimes it's just you gotta you gotta be really appreciative when you're when you're given like when you're given a beautiful song you gotta be appreciative i'll never forget when i i talked to sad alex who who was the co-writer of the song and she's i don't do you you know sad alex she's like she's like blowing up on tiktok recently and she has some great songs, man. But, like, the song she's really, I guess, like, that really took off recently, it's called Itty Bitty Titty Committee. Did you hear about this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that was That was yeah. her. That's yeah. Alex. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, that song's just, it's, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I listen to it, and I just, like, I smile the whole yeah. time. It's just really, she's a, honestly, she is a great writer. Yeah. She really is, man. And I'll never forget, it was midnight. I think it was, like, a Monday. It was midnight, and she had had the song for about a week. Right. And I get a text from her around midnight on Monday. And it says Eloise demo, and I sit down on my couch. Yeah. And I I was sitting cross-legged on my couch. Yeah. And I was like, I was just like, oh my god, this I've never <laughs> experienced this before. I was like, what? No one's ever messed with a song I'd written. Like, you know what? You know, exactly. Yeah. What, what am I gonna do? And I'm sitting there listening to it. And I'm like, I hear this guitar part. It's like this little plucky guitar thing. Very similar. It's a it's similar in idea to what we have on the track right. now. Completely different tone. Yeah. But it was just just very simple guitar plucking. And then all of a sudden she starts the chorus, the Eloise, you don't know what you do to me. And I remember sitting on my couch and just being like, this is fucking special. Yeah. I was like, this is special. That's insane. And then dude, the feelings I had, man, like throughout Eloise, it's, this is why, this is like, this is the thing that I feel like acting kind of, you know, was distracting me from, but like the feeling of making something from start to finish and just doing like not being able to you know i didn't have a manager reach out to alex yeah you know i we we met because i had a friend who knew her producer yeah it seems kind of all like organic it's very music has been extremely organic so far man it's like i didn't set out to be a musician i sincerely didn't i i just made a single because i just i like i needed to do something with the energy and actually jacob was the one who was like we should produce 21st century love because it's a good song yeah I originally went to him to make a demo for this other song I'd written. And then the only reason that we did the second song was because I had had such a good time doing the first one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I was like, music videos? Oh, wow, I can act yeah. in music videos? Oh, right. wait, I can come up with really cool plot lines and put myself in cool situations and not have to wait for someone to cast me in a movie? Right. I mean, in, in Unfinished Conversations, I'm fucking speeding down the PCH late at night in a convertible. And then I'm dancing on the beach. <laughs> 
I'm fucking spinning. Yeah. I'm like, I'm getting to be like the, you know, the, the Troy Bolton from High School Musical exactly. that I, that like my 12 year old self would have wanted. wanted to be. Yeah. Like I get to be freaking John Travolta in Greece. Yeah. Like whenever you I can want. create those <laughs> uh, scenes for yourself now. Yeah, man. You don't have like no restraints on, you know, creativity wise, you can do whatever you want. And it's like, yo, whether, whether like people are, I don't know whether it's funny. I can just show it to people sometimes and be like, this is what I was working on. Like, and it's, it's funny, someone, it, it's weird, man, with acting, because acting has been interesting, because I've had this, I've had this amazing career, and I've gotten to work with some of the, really some of the greatest actors who are working right now, whether it was like, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Robert Duvall, um, you know, like, I don't know, J-Lo, like, all these different people who are just at the top of their game, man. Right. They're just really at the top of their game in, in everything that they do, and, but then it's interesting, too, where it was like, you know, I feel like I've had so much space this past, like, three, four years. My life, I could feel my life changing about five years ago where I was, like, something weird is happening. And I felt this really strange shift into, like, it was, like, this very, like, introspective dive. Okay. And then I ended up moving to New York about three years ago. And while I was in New York, I got really sick. And I was, like, I was very deep into spirituality. I was hanging out in an ashram pretty much every day in New York yeah. called the Bhakti Center. Shout out to the Bhakti Center because those, those guys literally <laughs> saved my life. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was going on this crazy dive, man, where I was, like, I was just so, I feel like I was going through this, like, massive ego death where I was, like, because when you're successful at something as, at a young age, it's, it's very damaging because then when you're not doing that, you don't feel like you're anything. Oh. And I was a really successful actor very quickly. Yeah. And I didn't know who I was without that. So for the past five years, I feel like I've been on this crazy journey where I've been really figuring out, like, who am I? Like, what do I want to say? Like, am I an artist? Am I an actor? Or did I just do it because people gave me chances to do it and I was good at it? Right. And that's what I meant earlier about earning, the, earning never quitting. Exactly. you got to earn that moment. You have to know who you are. And with music, man, it's it's that's what I experienced, man. It's like music's made me a better actor, and acting makes me a better musician because it's like when I had to do live shows, I didn't know how to do that yeah, shit. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's like a role, yeah. so I'll just go study videos of John Mayer when he was like in the early two thousands when Room right. for Squares was coming out, and I'm like, I'll kind of just watch what he does, and I was I treat it like a role. Yeah. Well, and I then like trial and error. Trial and error, man. And then I thought to myself, well, okay, you know. Colin one day was just like, you should just reach out to venues. Like, if you really want to be a musician, man, you need to learn how to perform live. And it scared the shit out of me. That's what you said earlier, where the comfort, confidence yeah. comes from. I, 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 I don't know, man. I, I just think for you, just putting yourself in so many situations. <laughs> I'm totally fine feeling as uncomfortable yeah. as humanly yeah. possible. Yeah. It's, it's apparently something I thrive in. <laughs> um, it makes my life very stressful sometimes. But, like, I'm, you know... I started reaching out to about, I guess it was like three, four months ago, I started yeah. reaching out to venues, yeah. literally emailing. I made yeah. this like long email where I pretty much gave the venue every reason they should let me p play there. Exactly. Even though I really had no business reaching out at all. Right. <laughs> and I've, I reached out to probably 20 different venues around LA and people were really interested. Wow. And people were like, this music is great. Yeah. People were commenting on songs and they're just like, these songs are really great. When do you want to play? I was like, what do you mean? And the, the craziest part about Viper Room, man, is that it took me two days to, to write the Viper Room email because I was going through all this, like, critic stuff in my head. I was yeah. just like, fuck, man, who am I to play at the Viper Room? I was like, I mean, who am I? That's, that place is like a rock palace. Yeah. I'm like, and I, I make pop songs. I'm like, who am I to, to do this? 
And I just sent the email one day. I just sent it. I was like, fuck it. The worst thing they do is never respond. Right. And I got an email from uh, from Tommy, the general manager over at Viper, and, like the next day. And he's just like, bro, yeah, man, we'll, we'll pop you up on stage. Or what do you think about headlining? And I wrote, ba- I wrote back to him. And I was like, I don't think I should headline yet, man. I've, I don't really have any show experience. Fast forward about a month and a half. I'd done four shows in L.A. Or I'd done three yeah. at that point. Realized that a lot of my, when I perform, it's like a rock rock show. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized I had this crazy band. Yeah. And Jacob could shred like it's nobody's business on the guitar. And I was just like, I reached out to, to Tommy again. I was like, bro, I want to schedule that. I want to schedule that show at the Viper Room. Yeah. And he's like, all right, talk to Kelly who books their shows. And I talked to Kelly and Kelly's like, well, we have September 30th open. What do you think about, about the midnight slot? And I was just like, I want it. I want that. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> put me in that position. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, and it's crazy how that so all happens, cool. man. But it's like, that's the, that's what I think is going back to the, you know, because of what this podcast right. is. It's like, there's no rules, man. Just make sure you're respectful about the way yeah. you go about it. Um, and know that I, you, the limits, man, like, there's, there's no limits. Right. There are limits to what you can do at certain levels, objective limits. But in terms of, like, I remember I mentioned that to, to somebody. Someone's like, how are you getting all these shows? And I was like, I literally email them. I email them. And they're like, what do you mean you email them? I was like, I literally give them every reason to say yes. Right. And I remember during the pandemic, I spent like, I, I spent probably a couple months on this making a website, I made right. a website. Mm-hmm. And then I made all these little hidden pages on the website. And I was like, my only goal was I was gonna, I would want to make it as easy as possible for people to say yes to me. So like, you know, I have an acting one where it's like everything I've ever been in, mm-hmm. all in one place. All the questions they could ever want, I have the answers for in one place. <laughs> yeah. Then I have one for music. Right. And then I do one for every song I do, which is what I sent you. Yeah. So it's like, I just want to make it as easy as possible to put myself in positions to keep growing as an artist. And I feel like that was not something acting was teaching me. And now I'm able to do it with acting, take what I learned in music and put it back into acting. And it's, man, the connections I've been, I've been making the past few months with directors who I've dreamed of working with, literally by reaching out. Wow. It's absurd. Yeah. These are not things that actors are taught. So it's like, I feel like my journey as an actor has been so weird. And this is what I was trying to get at earlier, but I'm like very tangential when I talk. <laughs> um, but it's like, I've worked with all these great people, but something about my career never clicked to the point where I was never part of some big show or I never played a role people identified me as. Yeah. And the second I'd play a role that I was recognizable from, I would change. I'd grow up or I'd look different. Mm-hmm. And it was this weird thing where I like, I, no one ever, I was, I was never even able to lock myself down in anything. And I feel like the crazy thing, but I was always successful enough to keep acting yeah, and to not have to do anything else which is a really special and weird place to be in with my career. Yeah. And now that I'm like, I'm 26, I really feel like I've never been better as an actor because of all this music stuff. Yeah. I mean, you want to get better as an actor, throw yourself up on stage yeah. with a band and see what happens. Right. Like, you got to get, you got to learn really quickly. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And anyway, man, that's, that's where my mindset is yeah. like, being an artist like you is an entrepreneur. Yeah. You're always creating, you're always creating opportunities for yourself. And the point is you can't wait for other people to open up a door for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Wow. And like, I, I literally <laughs> feel like the only reason yeah. I'm here right now yeah. is because I didn't quit. Like, yeah, people, like it's it's really strange, but like, that's the only reason that I have Eloise coming out. Yeah. It's the only reason that like people sometimes are kind of. I feel like sometimes people are shocked. They're like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "You're making music now." Like friends I haven't seen in a while. They're like, mm. "You're making music now," and I was just like, "I was like, yeah, I'm making music now." And it's like, yeah, but it's really good music. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I, I worked really hard. I just, you know? yeah, I just feel like um, everything's kind of coming like full circle for you. And yes. I feel like you're you're happiest. I, I don't know you before, but I feel like you're genuinely happy. Right I, I don't know about I don't know about happy, because I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself. This is also the the flip yeah. side. Yeah. This is the flip side. Yeah. Is that when you are not getting a lot of like okay when you're independent and stuff yeah. when you're making music. I think you go as far as you'll take yourself. So right now, for instance, I'm working on the Eloise stuff. Um, I'm pre- I'm preparing for Viper Room. Mm-hmm. I'm working on the post Eloise release. I'm working on all these different things. I designed the merch, right? I found the merch company. You know all these different things that I'm doing. So the the flip side is it's a lot of pressure. So am I happy? I don't know if the answer is yes. Yes. Am I excited about what I'm doing? I'm Am I excited about the growth? Am I excited that I feel like it's a badge of honor, man? And it's yeah. it's really my favorite thing about my experience recently is like I've been given every chance to quit and I haven't quit. Right. And I have I have something like Eloise to show for it. And I think that that is the biggest testament to anyone out there who feels like who just feels really like shitty, man. Like you're not getting auditions, your agent drops you, you know, your family's not supportive of you. Like if you really love this thing, man, you can create something really beautiful. You really can. And there's so many tools at your disposal these days. Right. With Instagram. Even like I'm I'm beginning to love TikTok. I think TikTok's <laughs> really fun. Yeah. I yeah. think there's a create that there's like an irreverent creativity to TikTok that I'm really yeah. starting to thrive with. And like and just enjoy the process of doing. And it's like the world has never been better built for people to create what they want to see. And I think that, okay, you know, oh, okay, you can do your own shit, but like, oh, you're not starring in a Steven Spielberg movie. If that's your litmus test for success, then maybe, yes, you're not there. But the reality is, man, is if you want to be an actor, and if you're acting, it's a fine line between ambitious, being ambitious and not being greedy. Right. Because I find sometimes it's like, yeah, we all want everything. We all want yeah. exactly what we want. But the reality is it's just like, you know, it's it's you know it's what you wrote on your story today, man. Yeah. It's win the day. It's, yeah. Small wins. Small up. wins, man. They add up. It's win the day. Yeah. And if you win the day and you stack up enough wins every day, you'll be in a pretty good situation. I heard a, I heard a great quote, quote one time where yeah. someone said, "People overestimate what they can accomplish in a day, but underestimate what they can accomplish in a year." Like, uh, yeah, we yeah. all want things now, man. We yeah. want this now. We, we want, want that instant gratification that does not exist, you know. Dude, that's it, man. But I know you, and speaking with you in the last couple hours, whatever you want to achieve, you will achieve because you're that type of person. So I'm just, I'm letting you know now that all of this is going to be worth it because it's all going to pay off one of these days. Appreciate that. Because man. I'm in a situation where I ask myself, like, am I ever going to be happy? Cause like I'm always just like okay I got this, but now I'm like that adrenaline to keep wanting to repeat it or do better and you know achieve more, and 
So I don't know if I'll genuinely ever be like happy. What is that? What is happy though? Yeah. What do you def- what do you define it as? I think <laughs> it's a tough question, but happiness for me is is like freedom. So mm-hmm. so freedom's a a big thing of mine. I want to be able to create the lifestyle that I want around me. So yeah. I think I'll be happiest when I have like a family and kids. I think like that's like that's like the end. I think that's like if they're good, then I'll be but like everything now I agree is for that. that. That's your through line. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think that in a weird way, this was a realization I had during the pandemic, but I literally thought to myself, why the fuck am I doing any of this shit? <laughs> yeah. I was like, why yeah. do I work so hard, right. man? Like, I got it. Like, I'm fine, right? Yeah. I was like, what's enough? And then I was like, well, what do I want? And it's the same thing, man. Yeah. I want to be able to have a family. Yeah. Like, that is what I really want. Like, I want to I wanna have, a like, a, a beautiful, you know, beautiful wife who's right. smart and intelligent and emotionally, like, yeah. you know, intelligent and, like, I want to have a. I have this weird thing. Since the pandemic, I want to farm. I joke oh, with my friends. I, I like want. It. I want to farm without animals. So I want like an animalist farm. <laughs> yeah. um, and so essentially, people I are think like, that'd so you, probably be the first, <laughs> the first one. What? The, uh, no, like a farm. farm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want. So you want us to? Th- no, no, no. Yeah. I want the farm without the animals. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so leave exactly. the animals out. Yeah. I literally just want like a barn. Yeah. yeah. I want someone to say like, "Oh, animals could be here." Yeah. But they're not. But they're not. <laughs> but it's like, since the pandemic, I'm just like, I just kind of want to get like, you know, I'm from North Carolina. Yeah, got like exactly. rolling beautiful hills down there. Exactly. But like, that is the reason that I'm doing all this stuff where it's just like, because life is so crazy. Life is so expensive. And like, I, I admire my parents, the way that they did things. I think that, you know, I think they did a great job, man. But like, they built a life that could handle four kids. Right. You know? Right. They built a life that fit. It's like people building houses on land that fits. But like here in LA, people are building like big mansions on like really tiny lots, and you're just like, oh, that house doesn't really look right there. Right. It's like, well, technically, it's not supposed to be there. It's like before that, there was this teeny tiny little, like Spanish style house, exactly. and it fit the land. And it's like, but I agree with you, man. I think yeah. So that's happy for yeah, you. Yeah. Happy is like you can build a life, and you were living a life where you can be free to operate within that based on what you envisioned. Exactly. I love that, yeah. man. So what what do you do every day? Like, what's your, like, your win the day? Uh, so, so it's tough because I'm big on mindset. Yeah. So even if I'm not having a great day, as long as my mindset is positive and moving forward, I feel like that's a, that's a win. So yeah, every day I want to, my, my biggest goal is I want to create. Yeah. I want to inspire and I want to motivate. So yeah. throughout my day, I have to do something create creative that that's like what gets my my juices going but at the same time i want to have fun <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and at the same time i want to exercise absolutely. at the same time i might want to eat bad so i'm just trying to find that balance right now so i think for me winning to winning today is really just finding that balance but i want to end every day saying like i gave it my all yeah and if i if i gave it my all then you know if i if, if i get one percent better today and then i keep sm- uh, stacking those small wins yes they add up and a lot of my friends they start stuff and they call me scotty it's not working blah blah this and that and i said did you try it for like 365 days <laughs> they're like no i gave it like two weeks i'm like dude things don't happen that way 
Like you have to really go all in on something for a long time. You have to. You have to earn. Yeah. Got to earn. Yeah. It. Like like you said earlier. You got to earn it because that, yeah. that friend may have gotten the the inspiration for the inception. Yeah. I heard this funny thing one time. I don't know if it's true. I like the idea of it. Yeah. But also sometimes it feels like a little too analytical. But sometimes they say that inspiration will will approach artists an idea, and if you don't do anything with it, it's going to move on to the next person. Ah, uh, it could be true. And sometimes it's like. You know, we always have that thing where, where, like, you hear that thing in society where people are just like, fuck, they invented that? Yeah. <laughs> that was my idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so and It's much. like, well, bro, you didn't do anything with it 20 years ago. <coughs> yeah. And now that person's a billionaire. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but it's like, in yeah. order, you know, but it's like, yeah, man, especially, are, are your friends, like, are they talking about business things? Are they talking about artistic ventures? Are they? I, I think both, because I, I think it is important to adjust. So, so sometimes when I say give things a full year, I, I, I really don't mean that because I think you do have to adjust to kind of navigate your situation based off your own timeline. <laughs> I just believe that um, execution. I, don't, I, I think that people see things and think that it's going to be easy in the first, like, you know, sprinkle of adversity uh-huh. or challenges, they give up. It, and it's like, no, you need to go face through that adversity and then you'll look back and be like wow that wasn't even a big deal you know because I feel like you put yourself in so many uncomfortable situations where so many (laughs) like adversity is kind of I'm not going to say it's easy but sometimes you look at things like I've been here I've done it I know how to get through it but you used to freak out about those things you know my dad used to say something and it's funny it's like sometimes as an artist you feel like weird when you're complaining yeah Exactly. You know, you feel weird when you're complaining about how hard stuff is sometimes. And my dad would say, Ian, you're trying to play in Yankee Stadium. <laughs> you thought that'd be easy? Yeah. Well, you think every guy's picked up a baseball bat and play in Yankee Stadium? Right. And that's literally what I think of is like yeah. if your goal if your goal is that right. if you wanna play if you wanna play ball at the highest level in whatever field you wanna do, if you wanna be the, like one of the greatest researchers, you know, one of the most effective doctors to ever live, you wanna write like the great American novel, if that's your goal be, sh- be shocked if it's an easy day. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got great yeah. advice one time. So I, yeah. I worked with an actor named uh, Baltazar Getty. Okay. Who's like, you know, he's he was a part of these iconic films when he, when he was younger. And, and since then, he's, he's like, he's just a really interesting guy. He's an yeah. artist. He's a musician. He's a record producer. And I remember there was this project that I I was like, I, I, was, I was a lot, it was interesting. I feel like now I'm much more confident, but when I was a kid, I was cockier. Okay. It was a little less earned, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I was like, I think I was eighteen when I met when I met Baltzar. We were working on a movie called The Judge together in Boston, okay. and we were driving back from set uh, to the hotel, and and and, uh, and and Balt and I were talking, and I was like, Yeah, man, there's this show I'm gonna do, and like, I'd be shocked if it doesn't happen. And 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 Balt was just like, It's not the mindset, kid. Yeah, it's not the mindset. I was like, What, what are you talking about? He's like, Be shocked if it does. That's the mindset you need yeah. in acting. You need that mindset in acting to protect your mental. Yeah, don't get too comfortable. Never. Yeah. Be shocked if it. Be shocked if it's an easy day. Yeah. Like if you're and I, t- my dad's an amazing pianist, and like he'll 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 joke with me sometimes. He'll be like, "Yeah, I took a piano lesson today, and like my teacher didn't give me a compliment." <laughs> and I was like, I was like, well, yeah. you know, you're good, but yeah. if you're trying to get better, you think like you think like Kobe and shooting practice. Someone's like Kobe, you, yeah. you, you might, you're you're a really good basketball player, right? Well, you think Kobe wanted to hear that shit? No way. He's like, motherfucker, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm one of the greatest ever. Like, I don't need you yeah. patting me on the back at 4 a.m. in right. the gym. Right. 
I wouldn't be here if I didn't think I was one of the greatest ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's the ment- it's the, yeah. the mindset so, where it's like that's the growth mindset. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. You appreciate where you're at yeah. while also never expecting like you know, it's like I sit down to practice the guitar. I I try to make as much time as I can. It's it's hard when you're balancing all this stuff, but I'm like one day you know, one day I played this song that I first learned like months ago and I was like, oh, holy shit, I got better. When did I get better? I can't remember when I got better. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I'm practicing, I'm always thinking about how much better I can exactly. get. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> when did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, that's why you need to. That's beautiful. That's why I think it's so cool that you have like your focus and you have this, this like litmus test for, for happiness because you need that because if you're a crazy artist or you're you know a super ambitious like businessman then there is no limit no yeah like how much is enough money yeah yeah <laughs> how big is the house yeah exactly <laughs> what do you need yeah and like once you figure out what you actually need then you can sort of operate um but yeah man it's about i agree i love that i love what you i screen i screenshotted that today win the day yeah i screenshotted that yeah i appreciate it i man, like we, that we, we, I, I feel like uh like we're homies. <laughs> <laughs> you said that in yeah, DM. When, yeah, when you, yeah. You posted this funny. Yeah. You posted this funny video. You were like, you were like doing beauty shots. That might have been on that bottle. Yeah. And you were doing beauty shots. Oh on yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, like doing making content all the time. Yeah. You said something like that, and I was like, bro, I know, man. <laughs> Dude, before I came here, man, I was. Oh fuck, I forgot to post that. I'll post it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But I had to make some videos. Yeah. And like, this is what people, you know, it's kind of really fun, but like, it's like when you're when you're in that game man you were always making stuff yeah and it's like if you told like little dress up me when i was like six and i love to dress up yeah we had a box full of like night outfits and like cool little masks and like wigs because my brother i think went for halloween to like a saint uh jay and silent bob oh yeah (laughs) yeah, like a (laughs) like a blonde wig and (laughs) we had all sorts of shit in that house (laughs) but um if you told me that, like, hey, Ian, there's going to be a platform one day that you need to be on and you get to make totally stupid videos that take, like, 30 minutes in your apartment, TikTok. Yeah. And, like, if you, like, and all you get to do is just, like, be stupid and post that. Like, Instagram is my polished content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And TikTok <laughs> is, like, TikTok is just, like, oh, God, I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, I'll yeah. take, I'll like, uh, like, that's what I was doing before I got here. So yeah. I was just, like, I got to take some, I got to get some footage so I have enough yeah. for a couple videos. I got to cut that. Got to do this one. But it's like that's the game, and you're always it's fun, especially with music releases. Yeah. Like I spent this week cutting promos for Eloise, yeah. and like just making sure that I have what I need, so that as we get closer to the Viper Room show, I'm not cramming. Yeah, um, and I can actually just like take care of myself and and uh, make sure I'm I'm not falling asleep at midnight. Yeah, at the Viper Room. Yeah, you won't be. You won't be. Nah, bro, I'll be fired. I'm excited for that. You're coming, right? Yeah, Speaking I'm coming. Here, your tickets. Oh, Are your you tickets see now? that? Dropped it on the podcast. Got it on the five. September 30th. September 30th. Viper Room. Viper Room. Be there. I'll be buying like three more of these because I'm bringing a squad. Appreciate it, Just so you know. Appreciate it, group. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good shit, man. So we know the Ian Nelson, the actor, the musician. You dropped a bunch of stuff, but who are you besides all that, you know? (sighs) I'm figuring that out, man. I'm figuring that out. You know, know, man, I've, I've had so many blessings in my life these past few weeks i'm like that i feel so overwhelmed by where i'm really like just in my personal life where it's like oh my god i finally have that and it's like it's what a special feeling man and 
you know, I sometimes I identify way too much, man, with work. I d- yeah. identify way too much with with keeping myself like busy and but my my goal is lately I've been trying to be a better brother. I've oh, been trying to be a, yeah. like a better son, a better friend. I've been trying to show up for people and it's like and I I'm just cuz I Okay, I know I know I love acting. I know I love music. Um and I'm 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 pretty much fine being alone, yeah. which is a a skill I've unfortunately had to develop, which yeah. has not been fun. It's been quite painful. But like yeah, man. I'm figuring that out. I just want to be a good friend, a good brother. I want to have a relationship with 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 my with my family. Yeah. Because as you get, do you have any siblings? I do. I have three older brothers. Three and older sister. I'm the youngest. Oh, you're youngest too. Yeah. All right, so you get it. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's like as you get older. Yeah. They're like, wait, you're a human? Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Wait, you you have opinions? Yeah. What are you doing? You have a life? Yeah. Huh. It's like so you're not that little kid I used to beat the shit out of. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> I my brothers were. I mean, I had an. Issue. I got beat up. Yeah. Dude, it's it's yeah. a rite of passage yeah. when you're the youngest. You're yeah. always getting your sisters dressing you up. Your brothers are beating you up. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah. But I, I think that's it, man. It's yeah. like I'm just trying to to build a life, man, because I um my one of my my first mentors and one of my first acting teachers is is this amazing actor named Burgess Jenkins, and. You know, as much as I feel like I've invested in my in my artistic and my, my like, in my business and like all this stuff and all this time I do and how much value I put into it, he always said he said that acting is a basket with no bottom. Wow. He said it's a basket yeah. with no bottom, and he said, he said Ian, the reason it's Burgess has an interesting life, man, because he was in L.A., super successful actor, um, and he moved back to North Carolina to start his family. Yeah. And I never understood why he did that until about a year ago. And I was like, I get it. Yeah. Life is about life. Yeah. Life is about building a family. Life is about, like, creating something that's so much bigger than what you do. Yeah. And I feel at this stage in my life, I'm really focused on what I do. Yeah. I really want to make great art. I want to write great songs. I want to act in great projects and play great roles. But I was just like, for the first time, I think, yeah. in my life, I'm making space for the yeah. stuff that really matters much yeah. more. Yeah, it seems like you're tuning in on things that we take uh, for granted the most. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I yeah. think that's accurate. Yeah. But that's that's who I am, man. Is I'm, I, I I love making stuff. I love I love helping people. That's one of my favorite things to do, man. Is is help people. Right. It's one of the greatest feelings in the world. Like one of my buddies recently did a movie, and and I was sitting with him in his bedroom doing the audition with him yeah. that he booked. It's one of the greatest feelings ever, that's man. Beautiful. Yeah. And like, and it was crazy. It's like it's you know he he read for this film the other day, and he he texts me. He's like, man, I got a director meeting. He's like, will you run the lines with me before my audition? I'm like, of course, bro. Like always. And it's like when you get to help your friends, and when you get to help like, and when you get to be present, and not just with with acting stuff, but like when you just get to be present, or when you're listening when someone's having a hard conversation, like, I mean, man, that's 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 some special shit, you know? Yeah. When you when you can be present with another person like that or even like you know even like in in romance and stuff when you're like letting someone else in on that level and 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 when they're when they're like giving you a pure acceptance that you've really never experienced you're and it's like i feel like that's that's all the stuff that matters and then the art is whatever you choose to show from that those experiences you know it's like 
and I feel like that's who I am, man. It's, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a curious, I'm extremely curious. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> very like. I just, you know, and I and I just I just I'm interested in a lot of different things. I'm very yeah, man. I just try yeah. to be a good friend, no. brother, son. I th- yeah, I just think it's important, and I think you can never truly like find yourself. I think it's an ongoing thing. So you're saying like, I'm trying to figure it out. I I'm trying to figure it out too. Every day, man. <laughs> you know? Every day. It's so like, um, I I just want to thank you because you didn't have to come on to this podcast. Oh, man, it's my so pleasure. I appreciate it, man. You you've been wonderful. We're Thanks, gonna bro. Transition. This ad is brought to you by 10 to 1 Rum. 10 to 1 Premium Rum unlocks a contemporary view of the Caribbean, distilling elevated blends that challenge expectations and reinvigorate the way people taste, experience, and talk about rum. Ideal for both sipping and mixology, their extra-proof white rum and aged dark rum contains no added sugar, flavoring, or colors, and are available across the country in bars, restaurants, shops, and online for nationwide shipping at shop10to1.com. Be sure to follow at 10to1rum for the latest updates on their Instagram. Please use promo code SCOTTY15 to save 15% off today. Yeah. All right. So this is my new single, Eloise, out on October 1st. And uh, Sky, man, thanks for having me, dude. Here we go, this is Eloise.
That was amazing. That's wrong. That was amazing.